It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap ball. Hand off Jacobs. That's the first down of the goal. 15, 10, 5, touchdown Raiders! Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Shotgun snap to Stidham. Lobs to your corner for Adams. Makes the grab in the corner. Touchdown Raiders! An absolutely perfect pass. And Adams dragged his feet in the back left corner. And now, filling in for JT today is Harry Ruiz. Ah, football, regular season football, is almost here. Two weeks away from the first regular season game of 2023. You got that Thursday night football game. We got our sights set more on that matchup between the Raiders and the Broncos, September 10th. Just a ca- almost half an hour after 1 o'clock, that's when we're all going to be like, okay, this is for real. This is the one that we all wanted, right, Raider Nation? We need this action to kick off. And first, we have that preseason game tomorrow that you'll be able to listen to here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. JT and the Raiders will be on their way to Dallas shortly, so... I'm here filling in for him today. I'll be on the air, too, on Deportes Vegas, 1460 AM, if you guys would like to tune in to the game in Spanish. Really appreciate it if you do on Raiders.com slash vivo. But for now, we talk what's ahead, which is this preseason game, Raiders-Cowboys, and then another big date coming up Tuesday, August 29th, 1 p.m. Pacific time. That's the deadline for every team in the NFL to have their rosters trimmed down to 53 men. Hard decisions coming up for the Silver and Black. Year number two for McDaniels and Ziegler. Josh McDaniels head coach, Dave Ziegler, general manager. Now they've been in charge for the team for a full cycle. They were able to have their team ready and set, scouting the draft, scouting undrafted free agents, knowing which free agents were coming up, and it more specifically also knowing who is in the building. There are always opinions from people from outside the building looking at players being like, I don't like this guy or I like this guy. And then once you get into a building, maybe your opinion changes with those players. And it's like, I thought he would be able to help me win. But right now, that decision has changed after I saw what I saw. So now, most of the guys in the building, they were people that were brought in by this current regime. And last year, of course, expectations weren't met. But at the same time, very few times, the Raiders were out of games. Off the top of my head, Saints game in New Orleans, Chiefs game in Vegas, those two games, the Raiders were out of it by the end of the first half. But every other game that the Raiders played, a lot of one-score games, unfortunately a lot of one-score games that they lost after having two-score leads, that has to change. But defensively, we saw a lot of space for improvement in that squad, and they were able to bring in competitive players in that defensive line, competitive players in that secondary linebacker core. I look at those guys and I see a Rob Spillane that has opened a lot of eyes that has been able to inject a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of energy into that room. Divine Diablo, he's young. Unfortunately, last year, his injury didn't let him uh, evolve 
and take steps forward as he wished. And we saw his season cut short after that game in Jacksonville. And there's not a lot of names, but there's a lot of talent in that group. I mean, heck, you look at those preseason games, Curtis Bolton and Drake Thomas, they're popping off your screen when you're watching those games or off the field when you're looking at them at the stadium at Allegiant. And you're like, yo, those guys can play good ball. Let's see if they can earn themselves a spot in this 53-man roster. So that 53-man roster, there's going to be a lot of evaluation going on, or there is a lot of evaluation going on from the front office, from the coaching staff ahead of Tuesday's deadline. And every day we get something new with the silver and black. And to talk about what's happening and what's going down tomorrow in the final preseason game. I got two guests lined up at the moment. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He will be with us after our first commercial break a little bit more ahead. So uh, shout out to BG for uh, coming on later today. And also from Mexico, Mauricio Rodriguez. He covers the Dallas Cowboys for A to Z Sports in English. He also has his own show in Spanish to talk about Dallas. And I want to know what's going on over there with the Cowboys. It's a very polarizing team. You either love them or you hate them. Me personally, I don't give a damn about them because they're not a divisional rival. We play against them very few times uh, during a decade. So me personally, I'm not I know a lot of Raider fans hate the Cowboys. Me personally, I'm not big into that. I hate our divisional rivals. I don't like the Niners. I don't like the Patriots. But pretty much everybody else, I could give to you know what about them. So uh, the Cowboys, they're the next opponent. So I want to hear a little bit about them and what they got going on over there in Dallas. Because for the first time in a while, you got another team stealing all the spotlight in the NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles. Plus, the Cowboys lost their offensive coordinator. And now he's in our division, Kellen Moore. So I want to hear from somebody that has been in there with the Cowboys for a while and see what we will be facing. Facing now with Kellen Moore being the offensive coordinator for the Chargers from someone that has been there a while. So also my favorite guest, no disrespect to the guests that I already got lined up. You Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. What have you liked from the preseason? Are you cautiously optimistic like I am or are you the type of person that says it's the preseason? Whatever. Me personally, I prefer the team to be doing good in the preseason than bad. Because if the team were doing bad in the preseason, I know you'd be calling in and saying that the team is playing really bad and that your hopes are on the ground and that you don't see anything in this squad. Me personally, I like the team to do good in the preseason. Of course, I want them to do even better in the regular season. But for now, 2-0 in the preseason. But the best part in my opinion, is that you see some of those areas that you wanted improvement on, you see them getting improvement. Defensively, I saw a lot of pressure in the game against the Niners. Not so much against the Rams, but I saw it in one of those two games. You saw the turnovers happen in both games. Two against the Rams, two against the Niners, one against the Rams. I know the one against the Rams was a terrible throw by Stetson Bennett completely opposite side of where his uh, run, his wide receiver was going to. And I was like, wow. But you know what? Isaiah, Isaiah Polamalu had to be at the right place at the right time, followed his assignment. He grabbed the ball, and the moment he did so, he had one goal in mind. Get a pick six, just as the Rams had just did. And with the pick six, the Raiders recovered the advantage and ended up winning the game. And look, also, 
What was one thing that I had been saying for a while that I wanted the Raiders to just be able to put their foot down somebody's throat and not letting them breathe anymore and being able to just keep the game at a distance for their opponents? And that's something that I've been seeing in this preseason as well. So it's taking steps forward and making it a habit. You want it to be a habit to get turnovers. You want it to be a habit getting in the red zone and scoring. The Raiders, seven red, seven red zone touchdowns and eight red zone drives in this preseason. I know it's just preseason. I know it's twos against twos and threes and fours, but you got to make it a habit. We got two callers lined up at the moment. First off, we're going to go here in Vegas with Wendell. Wendell, how are you? Good afternoon. And he said, no, I'm gone. Now let's see if Oakland... Charles from the Yay area calling in. Charles, how are you? Good afternoon. Man, what's going on? How you doing, man? Doing fantastic. Living life one day at a time. Man, same here, same here. Yeah, man, my name is Charles, but uh, I'm known as... I've been given the name by the friendly neighborhood Raider man himself. I'm Raider Chuck T now. Raider Chuck C? Chuck T, my last name. Chuck T, got it. Sorry, I didn't. Raider Chuck T, what have you seen from the preseason that you've liked, man? Oh, man, I mean, you know, we're still, like, in a developing phase as a team. I feel like like we had, we just crushed the team a few years back, and then we had the whole Gruden thing where how he came in, removed some players that's doing great now, and then, and then he got got X out of the situation. So, it, you know, it's just – so right now I just like how, how kind of like we're getting back to like the culture and the and just like the chemistry of being a solid team because it's kind of seemed like there's been like clicks within the team. You know, like certain people is cool with, what not, with each other and then when it comes time for the game, they at each other's throats at moments and, you know, we don't need that. So it's, it's good to see us getting some wins and seeing our quarterbacks doing our thing. You know, hopefully we get this Josh Jacobs situation under control and we'll be at least in the playoffs this season. Can we, can we get in the playoffs? That's right. It's you got to take one step forward, and that's the playoffs. Chuck T, I got to ask you one last question. When you see a guy like Max Crosby out there on the field doing his thing, but also in the preseason, he's mostly been on the sideline, but he's there. He's motivating his players. He's not just sitting back looking at the iPad. He's on the sidelines just supporting his squad. What does that mean to you as a Raider with Max being an Oakland Raider from the beginning out there in the last year? Yeah, I mean, you know, we got to have that camaraderie. We got to motivate each other. We got the rookies need a vet and somebody to look up to. So he's doing what you're supposed to do. You can't just be on the sideline dressed up looking nice and fly and not, not encouraging and getting support. Like, each one teach one, you know? So that's that's his role. That's what he should be doing. So it's great to see that. It's just, you know, hopefully the young cats listen and they pick up something that they can use on the field so we can go ahead and surprise everybody and get that Vegas ring since all the Vegas teams seem to be getting the championship. <laughs> Let's add a, a Super Bowl ring to that. Raider Chuck T, shout out to everybody out there in the Yay area in Oakland. We hope to see you out here in Vegas sometime, man. Man, I'm going to call back soon. Absolutely. We always love it, getting the love from the Raider Nation in Vegas, in Oakland, in L.A., all around the states, all around the world. We're here for you. That's what Raider Nation Radio is all about. I know the Raider Nation. Why? Because I am a member of the Raider Nation. I've been out there at the tailgates in Oakland. I was talking with somebody the other day that I can't remember who it was, but they were telling me that they were so disappointed that they never got to experience 
Oakland. They never got to experience the tailgates out there. And I was like, yo, I was very lucky that I was able to go out there once I came back from Mexico from living 12 years in my parents' hometown and just be able to get into the Coliseum super early in the morning. And heck, I'll tell this because that's a long time ago. I would sneak in through the employee entrance because I knew that the bad boys of barbecue, they were allowed in a little bit earlier to be able to set up their tailgate. So I would go in through that employee entrance. I would help my boys out there uh, set up. Shout out to my brother, Tracy. Set up the canopies, set up the barbecues, and it was like 7 in the morning, 7.30. So before the, the lots were open, I was able to get a modelo or two in and be able to start getting in, in a good rhythm and a good vibe. And then once the tailgates opened, man, that was another kind of party out there in Oakland. Let's get that vibe out here in Las Vegas as well. Shout out to the J Squad. Shout out to everybody at Lot J. That is where I've been able to go out there. I get to the stadium early. That way I can set up my equipment and be able to go out to the tailgates once the lot's open. And I like feeling the energy from the Raider Nation because that gets me hyped up. So shout out to Chuck T from Oakland, California, who called in right there, was our first caller of the day. And we already got a second caller lined up here for us. And now we go from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast, Mitch from New Jersey. He never fails. Every time I'm on the air here on the JT The Brick Show, he always calls in, and I appreciate that. Mitch, good afternoon, my friend. How you doing? Good afternoon to you, too. Uh, Bailey, middle of the day for you, it must be really hot over there. Uh, it's um, all right. It's all right. You want my favorite to call. Um, so and, tell me and, what uh, you got I in mind, Mitch. Well, first, you mentioned about Max being the last opening. It kind of reminds me that, you know, Kevin Durant, the Hall of Famer, his first team was in Seattle. I mean, they should have a team. Just like Oakland should have a team in San Diego. Which, that's insane, though, but that's for a topic for another day. I love seeing well, our quarterbacks. I like the depth shot and the running backs. That's the best thing of preseason. And, of course, the wide receivers. Love it. And I, and I like a, a, a tight end. And essentially, let's go that that. that Tight end they drafted, but I don't think they will because, you know, he was taken the third or second round. Cameron Littu from Notre Dame, him and, uh, and Mike Meyer, that would be something. But I guess I'm getting greedy here. Right. No, nah, but you know what? They've Great. built they've built a good roster, and that's something that I like a lot. Mitch, thank you so much for your call. Shout out to your grandson. I hope he's doing fantastic. We're gonna close out this segment listening to Gangsta Raider. Gangsta, how was the party out there in LA, man? I, I saw it on TV. I called it off of a monitor. I want to know from you, how was the party down there last Saturday? Man, it was cool. It could have been better because we was planning to uh, have this big old um, celebration on Sunday, but it got canceled because of that little. That little supposed hurricane, um, Hillary or whatever, but it was still off the hook. We did what we supposed to do, you know. We turned um, so far in the, um, into the Legion Stadium South or West, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I called it our vacation home. You know what I mean? But you know, it was more. I say at least eighty five percent Raider Nation there. You know what I mean? And let me tell you a story. I didn't even know I ended up going to the game, but I didn't even know I was going to go to the game because um, I sell cars now, so I wore my Raider jersey and my Raider hat to work, you know what I'm saying? And then um, I bought me a brand new lanyard because the one I had was kind of old and dingy and I liked the black and silver one. So I went and got me a brand new lanyard, a brand new hat. And my homegirl, my, my former co-worker, she's a Rams fan. She called me after if I wanted to go to the game and she gave me two extra tickets. You know what I'm saying? I, wanted oh, nice. to, I, I couldn't catch up with either one of my sons because they was at work. 
And all my other buddies, they was already there. So I went to the liquor store. I said, I didn't want the ticket to go to waste. So I said, let me, if I'm, I knew I was going to run into a Raider fan at the liquor store. I said, first Raider fan I'm see, I'm taking him to the game with me. And I see this brother, he had on the um, Tim Brown jersey. I said, you a Raider fan? He said, yeah, I'm a Raider fan. How you go ask me if I'm a Raider fan? You see this jersey I got on? I, I stopped him missing. I said, stay no more. You want to go to the game with me? Make a long story short, he met me up at the stadium. We went to the game, had a ball. He from the other side in Compton, and we clicked up. I met me a new friend. You know what I'm saying? I say that to say this. Raider Nation, we are family. No matter, it's no racism in Raider Nation. There's no color lines. There's no banging lines. There's nothing. Either you Raider or you not. That's all it is in Raider Nation. If you see another Raider fan, acknowledge him. If he say Raiders, yell Raiders back or say Nation if you don't feel like yelling. You know what I'm saying? This Raiders Nation thing is a way of life. I know you know about it, you know what I mean? Since 1, that, I got me a new friend, you know what I'm saying? I was hanging out with him yesterday in Compton with him and his homies. And he's coming to hang out with me and my homies tomorrow, you know what I'm saying? So that's how we get in. Our Raider Nation is a family. It's a way of life. This ain't just something we do during football season. There's some codes we put on football games. You know what I'm saying? It's a way of life. We wear black and silver every day, and we operate like family. You know how we get down. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. A team on the field, a family off of it. Shout out to Gangsta Raider. And you know what? If you're hanging out with the Raider Nation, go buy a Modelo. Modelo is an official cerveza of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirits. Modelo, rooted in the heart of the Raider Nation. Drink responsibly. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Let's go to a commercial break. And after it, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He will be joining me. I call him the padrino because he's been covering the Raiders since the 80s. He covered the Raiders in L.A. He covered the Raiders in Oakland, and now he covers the silver and black in Las Vegas. The only media member that has done that. So we'll have him on the air after this commercial break. You're listening to the JT The Brick Show. the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. Two to the left, one to the right here as Bennett again is in the shotgun. It's looked good so far. He throws it away and it's picked off. Down the left side, the Raiders are going to have a home run touchdown. Raiders are going to score. Raider Nation unite. That's a 45-yard return. What a play for the Silver and Black. Isaiah comes up huge on that play and the Raiders with a monster touchdown taking over this game. Isaiah Powell on the biggest play he's made so far in this preseason. That's a 50-yard interception touchdown for the Silver and Black right before halftime. I mean, JT the Brick with the commentator's curse right there, right? He was just saying, hey, he's playing good. He's been doing a good job, pick six. And in a terrible throw right there by Stetson Bennett, but the Raiders took advantage of it and ended up winning the game by taking the advantage once again on the score. Harry Ruiz here with you on today's JT The Brick Show, and I'm very happy to have Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, ESPN join me here today on the Raider Nation Radio on the JT The Brick Show. Heck, I can't talk no more. Paul, take, take it away, Manzana. How are you? Great to talk with you, man. <laughs> 
Mansana, what's going on, Naranja? How you doing, man? An inside joke right now that only him and I got it because we got we saw TikTok. How have you seen the Raiders in this training camp? You've seen the Raiders in plenty of training training camps yeah. in the past, and this year, do you notice a big difference compared to years prior with the talent, the level of players that they got on the field? Well, I think what I what I noticed the most um, was the when camp started. It seemed to be going a lot quicker. It seemed like the pace of practice, the pace of getting to the huddle. Um, there was much more purpose to what they were doing, and you could just kind of chalk that up to they're all together in the second year in the same system. So, you know, last year it's kind of hitting that restart button, and they're all learning on the fly, and they're learning as they go along. This time you got a lot of the returners, obviously, all know the system, and, and they're just trying to polish it up. So that, to me, was the biggest thing there. Obviously, you're making a change at the most important position in team sports at quarterback, and he's somebody that's already familiar with the system as well. So that all kind of shines through so to speak and you see that from day one going forward so um you know we all make jokes when we're out there at practice because they're two or three football fields away so we can't really see exactly what's going on but in terms of just the overall vibe they seemed a lot sharper and a lot more a lot more of them were on the same page than they were last year at this time put it that way you mentioned the quarterback situation, Jimmy Garoppolo, the starter for the Silver and Black. But what do you think, what do you make out of the rest of the players in that room? Because Aiden O'Connell has looked good in the preseason action that we've seen him on the field. Brian Hoyer has that knowledge. And Chase Garbers, he's the fourth quarterback that maybe Dave Ziegler tipped his hand uh, uh, yesterday during the press conference when he said we got three quarterbacks and then he brought up Garbers. Uh, but what do you make about the Raiders quarterback room at the moment? Yeah, it's interesting because at the beginning of camp, uh, the first like week and a half, maybe even two weeks, Brian Hoyer, to me, was the most impressive quarterback out there because uh, Aiden O'Connell looked like a, a rookie. He looked like a guy who wasn't, was having more downs than ups. And Jimmy Garoppolo was just still trying to get physically ready because, remember, he hadn't participated in any on-field uh, situations during the off-season program anyway. I mean, I think it was the first day of camp when Andre James said it was the first time he'd ever snapped the ball to him. So there was always going to be that learning curve there. And as, as camp has gone on, it's kind of flipped around. Now Jimmy looks the most impressive, as he should. Aiden O'Connell has been uh, a revelation in the exhibition games, granted against other third stringers and guys who won't be in the league in a week. Um, and, and Brian Hoyer seems to have taken a step back, but you do know that he has that knowledge and he was brought here for a reason. And that was to kind of, you know, not necessarily serve as a bridge, so to speak, but, but because he knows the system and, and he's a veteran and, he, and he's been around the league for a while. So um, it's interesting the way that that room to me is kind of turned upside down. But, but yeah, you're right. If and when they make the cuts and, and Chase Garbage is not in that room when they release that initial 53-man roster, it will be the first time since 1999 that the Raiders have a completely new quarterback room. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Absolutely. A fantastic uh, nugget shared right there by Paul Gutierrez, our guest at this time from ESPN. You, know, you covered your first Raider game in Los Angeles. You covered the Raiders in Oakland, and now you're out here in Las Vegas. You're the only current media member on the beat that has done that, right, Paul? As far as I know, and I don't know if that means I've got experience or if I'm just viejo. I'm just old, you know? So, but yeah, I mean, the first game I ever covered, I was 18 years old, and I was in junior college, and I went down to do a story on a guy who played on the Seattle Seahawks, Grant Fiesel, rest in peace. But he was from Barstow, so it was the 88 finale. And this is how long ago it was. It was Mike Shanahan was the coach of the Raiders in his rookie season, and it was a, a winner-go-home game. Whoever won that game was going to win the AFC West at 8-8. Eight and eight. Whoever lost was, was staying home for the playoffs, and – Seattle won a shootout, and um, yeah, it, it's interesting. When I look back, it was like the last games for Matt Millen as a Raider, for Todd Christensen as a Raider, 
Uh, I look back on that. I, I, I want to say that Steve Berline was the quarterback. No, Jay Schrader was actually the quarterback. Was it Steve Berline as his backup? So it's to go from that to now Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer, Aiden O'Connell, you know, covering guys who weren't even alive back then. That that's kind of a kind of a mind blower for me. And it all comes full circle. Matt Milling was out here a couple of weeks yep. ago. Coach Shanahan was out here a couple of weeks ago. And heck, Jay, we see him out here in Las Vegas all the time. Jay, uh, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, our guest at this time. Is the wide receiver room the position where the cuts are going to be the toughest, Paul? Or do you see another group in this Raiders team that they got tough decisions to make in the front office? Well, for, for what it's worth, you know, we all have to do our 53-man initial roster projections, right? And for me, I'm still struggling on, in that wide receiver room. Wide receiver room... And the defensive line is where I was struggling because are they going to go with five or are they going to go with six receivers? If they go with six, okay. If they go with five, that's where I'm like, oh, man, is it Dorsett or is it DeAndre? You know, and they probably both have done enough to show that they deserve to be on the 53 men anyway. But, but you, you look at the defensive line, is there nine or is there ten? Or do you have five safeties or only four? So there's a lot of things you can go around. I mean, and then quarterbacks, do they only take two instead of three? Um, you play with the numbers a lot, and the initial 53-man is just that, the initial 53-man. It's never the final 53-man. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, I'm having trouble with that wide receiver room right now because I do believe that both those guys deserve to be on the 53-man. But do they kind of play the same position? Who brings a little bit more versatility? Because that's what you've heard throughout this new regime, second-year regime, is versatility counts for so much. And the more you can do, the more you know, the more chance you have of sticking. And if you're able to return kicks and you're able to stretch the field as well as be a possession guy, that's the ticket. Every Raider player drafted by the team last year made the cut, and they were with the squad the whole way, and they are here right now. Do you see that being the case this year as well, or do you see potentially somebody that might end up being part of those initial cuts? Yeah, spoiler alert, right? I mean, that's where I'm struggling with, with the defensive line because uh, – while Nesta to me has every now and again he'll shine and you'll see something. It's just the, the you know what do you do at that defensive line? Do you do you want a younger guy or do you need a veteran presence in there? Somebody that you signed in the off season. And if you think he can you can sneak it through waivers and sign him to the to the practice squad, even more power to it. So I think if there's one position to look at about the guys that were drafted, it's probably down towards the bottom of the draft as far as somebody who might not make the initial 53 man. And now going to last year's guys, do you see Matthew Butler, Neil Farrell Jr., and Britton Brown staying along with the team uh, going into Tuesday, which is cut day? More spoiler alert, right? I can't, I can't spoil the whole thing, but I'm going <laughs> to say two of those three guys will not be on my 53 men. The nice. initial 53, I put it that way. <laughs> or, well, not nice, but I was like, hey, I got, I got yeah. a little bit of information ahead of heading over to ESPN.com later to be able to see that 53-man roster. And it's tough. It's not easy. I mean, you, no. you're you doing all that, and you know that the guys are going to read it. You know that some of them are going to have a chip on their shoulder. or they'll, They might look at you a little bit different when you go into that locker room and be like, hey, you had me cut once that happened. Yeah, right? It definitely happened, yeah, a couple of years ago um, up in Napa. Uh, one of the guys, I won't even say his name, but, but he like he was holding court on the field uh, and said, hey, con- congratulate that guy from ESPN for having me cut. And I heard it. They played the, the, the sound bite for me. I was like, dude, it's nothing um, personal. personal at yeah. all. And then when that initial 53-man cut happened, guess who was not on the roster? Now, they brought, they did bring him back. They snuck him through waivers. But for that 53-man, it's like, okay, again, it's nothing personal. You're just trying your best to make an educated guess. 
based on what the current regime likes, does, and what trends. So that that's all it really is. And, you know, there's times when we've had little competitions in the media room when we were up in Napa especially, uh, up in Oakland, in Alameda. And it would come down to, you know, I was happy if I got 50, 51 of the 53. And there's always kind of that last-second move that, that kind of surprises everybody. So we'll see what happens. It's 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 a it's a fun time of year. It's a sad time of year. It's what Hard Knocks was really all about, and the fact that the Jets aren't going to let them see the cutdown day, that kind of takes a little bit away. But it also humanizes it too. Absolutely, and that's what it's all about. It's all about the people in the building. And unfortunately, like Champ Kelly said yesterday, there's going to be 1,200 guys on Tuesday that are going to end up having those key cards declined once if they try to go back into the building. Something that we also saw out there in Hard Knocks, right? Yeah, yeah, and 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 again, it's it's one of those things where, at this time of year, it's 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 tough. But then you also realize, okay, well, now we're getting onto the regular season and quote unquote real football. And and you know, after a month and a half of training camp, it's it's time to get the regular season going. My last question, Paul: What are you expecting from tomorrow's game out there in Arlington, Texas, at the house that Jerry built? I'm expecting to watch it on TV because we don't travel for preseason games, so I'm fine with that. I, I think it's there's probably a handful. I mean, you could probably count the number of roster spots available on one hand that are still up for grabs. So that, to me, is just kind of going to be interesting is watching and seeing who's getting some run, who shines, who shows out, and maybe they're able to, to make their final case to stick. Um, and it's hard to believe that they don't already have an initial 53-man in, ro- in roster in, in mind, but maybe somebody can, can force their hand through, whether it's a pick six, whether it's a long run, whether it's uh, you know showing that they actually do belong here in, in place of somebody else. Um, that's what I'm looking for, no, no specific names, but just seeing who does show up. I am curious, though, to see how much Aiden O'Connell plays um, because that's one thing that we didn't really ask the past two days was about that number two quarterback position. Uh, who is the backup? Is it still Hoyer, or is it going to be Aiden O'Connell that he plays his way into that role? Well, you know the kind of answer we get when we ask that kind of question. Well, we, we still got to see, and we don't get a lot of definitives with the current coaching staff in the current front office, but we, well, yeah. we shall see. We shall see on Saturday. Uh, Paul, tell the folks what you got coming up, because I know you, you already gave us that little nugget of information with your 53-man roster. When will we see it? That's going to hit as soon as the game ends on, on Saturday. It's, it's, that's kind of what's going on. Unless something major happens in the game, um, the 53-man post as soon as the game ends, and, and we'll go from there and maybe make some adjustments in-game to see what happens. But, but yeah, that's that's the next big big ticket item, so to speak, and then just kind of – you know, shut, you know, standing up from camp, dusting ourselves off and, and going forward and figuring out, okay, now what are the main storylines? Of course, we all want to know what's going on with Josh Jacobs. I want to know what's going on with Tyree, how he looks, when he could potentially uh, get in the game and, and go from there. Absolutely. ESPN.com, the ESPN app. Follow Paul Gutierrez and all the fantastic coverage he does. Head over to Twitter, P. Gutierrez ESPN. Manzana, muchas gracias, mi amigo. Naranja, me gusto. There you go. Pleasure always talking with Paul Gutierrez, a guy that I used to follow just as a Raider fan because I knew that he would cover the Raiders. I knew that he did a great job with it, and now it's pretty surreal being able to be up in the press box and being able to talk to him, and he's a great guy. Uh, He did a fantastic job also a couple of weeks back with uh, Fernando Valenzuela's jersey retirement. He did a great story about that. He has a close relationship with El Toro, so of course I spent a couple, not a couple of minutes, a lot of minutes reading that story, a long, extensive 
exclusive uh, piece that he did for ESPN.com. Shout out to Paul Gutierrez. Thank you to him for joining us today. And by the way, also, he mentioned right now about Tyree Wilson. And I had people on social media. I posted a video of Tyree from last Wednesday out there in Thousand Oaks, where I had a chance to be before coming back to Vegas to host JT's show Thursday and Friday last week. I posted a video and I was like, hey, man, I can't wait to watch this guy wreck havoc once he's 100% healthy, once he gets the green light. And there were people going back and, and being like, hey, but I want to see him doing it on one-on-ones. I want to see him doing it on team settings. And they're like, hey, they want those videos. And I'm like, yo, guys, the Raiders, the media department, through the request from the, the coaching staff, from the front office, we can't film that kind of content. We, all, we have a window where we can film, where we can take pictures, and it happens to be the um, individual periods and the periods where they're stretching, which is not any, which is which isn't very attractive. Which is pretty much the last thing that we would like to shoot, but it's the only thing that we can shoot. So you either take advantage of it or you don't take advantage of it. So that's what we can film. In L.A., they were playing under the Rams rules. You were at somebody else's house, you play under their rules. We were able to shoot a little bit more, but those days were literally the first times that. Tyree Wilson was getting physical since he got hurt back in November when he was playing for Texas Tech. So him hitting the sled, him pushing a cone or something, that was the only thing that he did that we were able to film. So if you want to see those videos, guess what? We got to wait until he's actually on the field, which I doubt he will do tomorrow and which I think will only happen once the regular season starts and the most important part that he has the green light. And at the end of the day, Raider Nation, this guy, once he hits the field, I think he's going to be a game changer for the Raiders. And he just needs to adapt to the level of play in the NFL, the physicality. Ask Michael Mayer. We heard him last week when he spoke to the media. It was a welcome to the NFL moment for him, being able to be in pads and having Max Crosby in front of him. Well, Tyree Wilson will get a couple of welcome to the NFL moments, but hopefully he adapts quick to that. Hey. It's the weekend, and you know that with the weekend comes big parties, big events out here in Las Vegas. And actually today, Remy Martin invites you to Circa for Stadium Swim's first ever night swim brought to you by Quantro. Join us today for DJ Duo The Knox. Enjoy free samples of Quantro Margaritas, Silent Disco, and the first ever concert on the pool deck. Tickets on sale now at CircaLasVegas.com. Remy Martin, team up for excellent. Circa. Circa is a magnificent place out here in town. Stadium swim is fantastic, so go and enjoy the night swim. Let's go to a break, Raider Nation. And coming up after it, we're going to hear from General Manager Dave Ziegler, from Assistant General Manager Champ Kelly, from their press conference that was held yesterday at team's headquarters.
back to the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. Snap, O'Connell looking left, looking left, now to his right. He's got room to run. And he's going to tuck it and run, and he's got room. O'Connell running for the first down, and he'll get it. Aiden O'Connell on that play, showing his legs, good timing. He surveyed the entire field. The seven yards did what he had to do on that play. I thought that was overall a really solid play for him. Aiden O'Connell right there on the ground. Everything I had heard was like, hey, Aiden O'Connell can't move. Aiden O'Connell, he doesn't have that versatility to be able to run and this and that. I'm like, yo, he had an opportunity. He did so on third down. He moved the chains for the Raiders. He kept the offense on the field. Look, this offense that Josh McDaniel manages, go back to the time when he was in New England, when he won those Super Bowls. And I know at Raider Nation, we don't like the Patriots, but that's what we look back on when you talk about Josh McDaniels and what he did and what he found success on. It wasn't ever an offense where, yo, we got a mobile quarterback. Let's run with this guy. Yo, this fella's going to extend plays like crazy just with his feet. No, it's a completely different kind of offense. And Unfortunately, you look over at Tom Brady and all the success that he had, he just stayed up on his feet. And that was the important part, being able to keep the quarterback vertical, being able to give the quarterback time to make his reads, find his plays. And every once in a while, the break is gonna, the play is going to break down and you're going to be able to find a little space and get that first down. And that's what Aiden O'Connell did in the game on Saturday in Los Angeles. We got our next caller on the line. Remember, whenever I don't have a guest on the air, I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. 702-365-9200. Do the same thing as Ruben from Vegas, who is on the line here with us right now on Raider Nation Radio on the JT The Brick Show. What's up, Ruben? Hey, thank you for taking my call. Uh, it's really quick, man. I really, really love Paul Gutierrez, man. I love the knowledge, the, the, the little bits that he throws out there, the stories that he has out there. A big fan of his. You know, just wanted to say on that aspect about a uh, good interview with him. And uh, off-topic type of question, like no one's really talked about. I know the Jacob situation is kind of uh, like up in the air right now, but do you think he'll be on the team? Like right now, did he switch numbers? He's going to number eight now. And I've been to the Raider Image Store a few times in Summerlin and then at the stadium, and I don't see no number eight jerseys out there. So I don't know if you're throwing that out there with that little number switch that he's supposed to be doing this year. So I got the I got the inside scoop for the, you right there, Ruben. The Raiders can't sell the merch until the player signs the contract. So I know people with Raider Image, and that's I asked that question, and they told me, it's like, we can't sell it right now. The NFL on their website, through Fanatics, they're doing so, but the Raiders, them personally, the Raiders are one of the few teams in the NFL, off the top of my head, the Cowboys, the Steelers, and I think I'm missing another one, that they actually sell their, their merch directly to the fans as well and the Raiders through the Raider image they can't do it until the player is actually signed under contract so that's that's the information that I know directly from somebody at the Raider image thank you for that information Harry I get all my gear from Raider image you know I don't really go to other stores and whatnot but yeah that's, that's a good thing to know love the show keep up the good work I can't wait for the season to get started man just, just to be in that stadium just to feel that atmosphere, just to feel that crowd. And even though there's a lot of other visiting team colors in that stadium, man, it's home, and I just can't wait for the season to get started. Go Raiders.
That's what it's all about. Thank you to Ruben from out here in Las Vegas for the call. Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. The lines are open for you. In the meantime, let's listen from the front office from the Silver and Black. Yesterday, we had an opportunity to catch up with General Manager Dave Ziegler. Uh, Also, Champ Kelly, who is the Assistant General Manager, the first ever person to have that title with the Silver and Black. And I asked Dave Ziegler about how it is for him being able to be in this position with the year under his belt with the franchise. Because remember, they signed with the Raiders in January in 2022. Yeah, a lot more continuity and a lot more comfort, you know, with really every process and with knowing the team and, and, and having a better understanding of each each individual player and, you know, areas that we need to you know improve, areas that we need to um you know, areas that we have feel good about. I mean, I just think there's a higher confidence throughout the building. There's a higher confidence within the team. There's a higher confidence within the coaching staff because expectations are understood. Standards are understood. Um, the way that we do things and how we prepare, um, people understand why we do those things. So, you know, there's a big part of um, the growth is for people understanding the why. And that's whether it's, you know, people in the scouting department understanding that, players understanding that, coaches understanding that, the whole building understanding the why and, and, and being unified in that way. And, and I feel like that's, you know, that's a, a big step that we've taken and we're excited to see, you know, how it pays off here this year. And that's something that people at times don't realize. The coaching staff and the front office, it just doesn't happen overnight. People think that they're going to, put a foot in the building and everything is going to change and everything is going to be done the way that they want it to. And that's not the case. And of course you look over even the draft process. They arrived late in January in 2022 and they only had February, March, and then in April, they're already in the war room taking decisions for the draft. And then they didn't have a first or second round pick that year. And they traded down in the third round and they ended up getting Dylan Parham, who is a guy that is a stalwart now of the offensive line. And we hope to have him back in action soon and out there at the practice field. And it's like, hey, one step at a time. That first year, I'm convinced if some of those games don't end up changing those double digit leads and end up happening, it would be a different situation that the Raiders would be in. But hey, you heard it right there from Dave Ziegler. The culture, the way that they do things, now the people in the building and in the front office and in the meeting rooms, they know the why. And that is very important for the Raiders. And you know what? With a year under their belts, they were able to build a roster where it's going to be difficult to make some cuts. Yeah, I think we, you know, kind of were coming down to the, the wire here and starting to really look into those um, you know, those individual position battles and those individual slots. And um, I know, I think we both feel that this year, you know, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Um, and, and that's, you know, again, like you said, that's by design. Um, you hope you hope to have built competition where um, it's not always clear cut. And I'd say we have a, some tougher decisions to make this year than we did last year based on the level of competition and, um, and, and how the players have performed up to this point. That's important. Being able to have those spots where you're like, who do I, who can I keep here? Who should I keep here? Should it be because of versatility? Because he can cover a couple of spots for me, special teams and offense, special teams and defense, or is it because he has great quality in his position? That's the kind of decisions that you want to make instead of, well, I have three roster spots that I haven't filled yet. Who should I keep? No, you want to have every position already filled and be like, this is the kind of decision I want to make. And somebody that 
just for starters, I mean, him being picked in the fourth round by the Raiders, that's already a given that he's going to stay in the roster, but he has earned his spot with this squad. Is Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback for the Silver and Black, who everybody was like, hey, he's our QB3. After watching him on the field, you know what? Eventually, I think he's going to be QB2 for the Silver and Black. Let's hear on Aiden O'Connell's progress from the front office. Still developing. You know, like, like, much, like most of the young guys that we have on our football team now, um, I think he's done a good job of, of, of learning the system and, you know, gaining some trust with our coaching staff and with his teammates. And that's, as a young player, that's all you want to do during this time. And, and, and so, like, he's a, he, he creates a quiet poise, you know, in a huddle prior to every snap. And I think our players appreciate that about him. That was Champ Kelly, the assistant GM for the Raiders, speaking about how Aiden O'Connell is progressing. And I love hearing that from Champ, that he hears from players and the poise that Aiden O'Connell has in that huddle, that he's able to relay the information to his teammates. And just me calling the games, I've been able to see Aiden O'Connell talking to his offensive linemen while the game is going on and making changes and making sure everything is in the right place at the right time to make the best plays possible. You look at his numbers right now and I think Pro Football Focus has him ranked as the best rookie, best graded rookie so far in the preseason. And as Paul said, in the interview that we just did, look, he's playing against a lot of twos. He's playing against a lot of threes. He's playing against some fours. So we can't just make the assumption that because he did this or he's doing this in the preseason, he's going to do the same in the regular season if he has to take the field. But like we said, I feel I like what I see in the preseason by him. And look, we've seen position. We've seen him get rid of the ball in a much quicker manner than he did at the beginning of training camp when we were allowed to be there on the field during whole training camp or heck, even going back to mandatory minicamp, which was our first opportunity as media to be able to see Raider practices. It's like, hey, this kid is taking steps forward and this kid is evolving. And you know what? You can also uh, chalk it up on him not being a kid, even though I'm calling him a kid. But you look at his age, and he's 24. He's going to turn 25 by the time that the season starts. This is because he was in college. He was out there in Purdue for a while. He was out there, if I'm, if I recall correctly, for six years. And I'm checking his stats right now. Yeah, since 2017. You add that redshirt year. You add that COVID year. You add all the eligibility that he had. And he was out there six years where he went all the way from being all the way back in the chart to being the starter and doing great things with uh, the Purdue Boilermakers and throwing for over 3,400 yards each of his last two seasons. So Aiden O'Connell, he's a guy that definitely has caught the eye of not only the front office and not only the coaching staff, but also the Raider Nation. That is something that we got to keep our Ion. Let's go to a break, Raider Nation, but not before that. I'll give a shout out to the Black Hole because they've been the foundation of the nation with over 40 chapters worldwide. Visit them. Connect with other diehard fans by going to theblackhole.com. Shout out to everybody in the Black Hole. Keep having fun and let's go to a break and we'll come back with more in hour number two of the JT The Brick Show. <laughs> 